All right. Well, welcome to the Elite Zone this week. I'm really excited to have uh, a new guest here. But uh, I'm your host today, Justin Hansey, CEO and co-founder of Agent Elite. Today we have on a good friend of mine. I'm really excited. He's probably one of the best, coolest, most sincere, genuine people that I know on this planet who really wants to make the world a better place. Um, And his name is Danny Drysdale. He is sales director of Southern California for Intercap Lending. So, did I get that right, Danny? <laughs> you did get that right. <laughs> Correct. Thank you. Thank you for the kind right. words, man. Awesome, dude. So, um, I heard, so you grew up in Toronto, Canada, right? And your first, you know, you're, you're kind of famous, so you, your first breakout role was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, right? <laughs> it's, yes. All right. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, correct. Is that, I'm, I'm, that is correct. Okay. Correct. So you're, That's, you're spot on. Your middle uh, name no. is Keanu. Yes, is Keanu. Yeah, that is me. Okay, cool. Yes. Cool. No, actually, I think I he's he's coming here in a couple of weeks. I think I just messed that up. Oh, so. great. Great. All right. Um, yeah, so sales director for Southern California of Intercap Cap Lending. Um, what is it that you, to, to quote the Office Space movie, so what is it that you actually do here (laughs) um yeah so we intercap lending is a um (laughs) medium-sized independent mortgage bank we have a presence in about 43 states um but we primarily focus on the west coast so ultimately (laughs) what uh what my responsibility is is just growing the reach and the brand of intercap lending specifically here in southern california um which is awesome it's great yeah um so i lied earlier uh you know i, I introduced you as you know from toronto canada that's not true from uh utah right so you do a lot of trips up to utah there's i think the main branches up there correct yeah um i am from utah born and raised in murray utah and we our corporate office is in salt lake city utah and so we are back and forth my wife and i actually both work for the the company um, and we're back and forth quite a bit, um, which is great to be give me the ability to be able to go home, but also have a lot of connections there in Utah. And that's kind of where this connection to be able to bring Intercap to California came about was through some of my connections I had working in the business years ago. Yeah, great. And, you know, I gave a, Danny a, a raving, um, you know, a review. It was incredible. That was an <laughs> when amazing first, review. Thank you. Uh, when we first started, you know, Dan, as, as great a person as Danny is, his wife is is probably better 10 times you. greater absolutely so um shout out to steph um okay so you say that you know your your main job is to um increase the reach for intercap lending right i see you online all the time you're just inundating my my scrolling your news feed news feeds yeah That's the goal non-stop so i think you really like grabbed a hold of that this year uh especially right um, so what are you doing for that online presence? Like what is, what is your goal? Uh, what are, what's your strategy with that? Is that just the way of the world these days? <laughs> it's a great question. And I think it's something that we're all trying to figure out. I think a lot of people, especially in the real estate industry as a whole, um, they know and understand how the market is working. They understand the reach that you can have through social media. Um, but 
some people are going after likes or trying to become a content creator. And the truth is I'm not trying to get more people to like my stuff. I'm not trying to do any of that. It's just bringing knowledge to my base of people that know, like, and trust me to be able to get more information out there because the mortgage business is working differently. The industry is functioning differently than it's ever functioned before. Exactly. So you said you, I mean, you first started out in, in Utah or somewhere else, but like how long have you been in this business and what have you seen from when you first started out to where you are now? Yeah. So I've actually been in the industry almost coming up on 20 years, which is kind of crazy to say. Wow. Um, that's between, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's between um, Salt Lake City, Utah. And then I moved to San Diego about 12 years ago. Okay. So, and I've been here in the business in San Diego for about 12 years. So what, what's changed since you first started? Um, and, and even 12 years ago in San Diego compared to now, I mean, now you, you have to be online, but in the past, what was that? All referrals? I mean, you were just hustling cold calls. What, what did that look like? Yeah, it's, a, it's, I mean, everything has changed about the business. And that's one of the things, you know, I think, I don't think technology will ever replace anyone if they're willing to adapt with technology but i do think that those who aren't willing to take you know a chance at the new technology and as the world changes um it's going to be very hard for them to keep up as they as as things keep moving forward so yeah i mean where what was it like you know 20 years ago even 12 years ago when i moved here to san diego very there was obviously no real social media presence to any of that people were utilizing linkedin a little bit but it was a lot more you know, person to person referrals, doing open houses with realtor partners and meeting people. And that's still a great opportunity for a lot of loan officers in this business um, to be able to do that. But um, yeah, it was, it was much more direct, you know, meeting with people face to face, doing some of those things. Now the business has changed where probably 95% of my consultations that I'm talking with clients at the beginning of the process is done over Zoom, um, which I think is a little bit different than what most people do. I think a lot of people only talk over the phone and they really miss out on that ability to build that person-to-person connection that you can um, being face-to-face with somebody. But the benefit that's happened with technology changing and with COVID kind of advancing everything is everyone is more comfortable with zoom i've zoomed with 85 year old couples in san francisco about a potential home purchase down here or a refinance and i mean it's everybody's everybody's much more comfortable with the technology now yeah and you wouldn't see 85 year old people on zoom just even three years ago (laughs) right right? but now they're they're like forced to do it yeah now they zoom with their grandkids right on sundays and so now they you know they're they're more comfortable with those platforms so amazing um and then you raise a great point as far as the people who are willing to accept the new uh, technology and adapt it and use it going forward um are going to ultimately succeed um you know there's uh, plenty other factors that go along with that but um what does it look like for those that, that are not willing to adapt or take on the technology? Like what would be, we see a lot of that here too is, you know, we have even just down to websites is like a lower level of technology. Mm-hmm. But even then a lot of our real estate agents um, just simply won't even log into the website. They just think, Oh, I got a website now. 
it's just going to do all the work for me. Right. 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 Uh, which is untrue. There's still a human personal touch and element to everything. For sure. Right. Um, but what have you seen as far as like people unwilling to take on that technology and adapt? Like what is, what does that look like for them? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, if they're, if they're not feeling that pain right now, I think the next two to three or, you know, two to five years is really going to, it's really going to feel different for them um, because things are changing so much. Even even how we originate loans and the technology that's being used in originating a loan has changed a lot. So you have to get comfortable with that. But also, to your point, you know, if you create a website, just having a website doesn't mean you're going to get tons of information or tons of buyers from it or tons of tons of inquiries. You have to be able to work within that technology, right? Same with social media. You can't just have an Instagram page or a presence on Facebook. You have to be posting things. You have to be engaging with people to be able to to see what comes from that. Yeah, I think there's um, there's still even like a gray area there too, where even though it's online and you're posting to the interweb, right? You're still engaging personally with people. Um, as long as you know you comment back or you're engaging with them in some way or sending them DMs or wh- whatever, but there's still like that human touch that you need to be involved with, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You definitely have to be, yeah, you have to make it personal. You have to get connected. And that's the thing that I think is is a little interesting and we're starting to see it. I have my own theories about... Um, I'd like love the, to hear them. <laughs> I have my own theories about you know kids who are being born right now. I think there will be a time where they will actually push away from technology, or not necessarily technology, but social media, and it will be cool for them to not be on the grid and to not be connected as much as everyone is. Oh. Um, this is my own personal opinion, my own thought about it. But if you think about <laughs> if you think about generations and how they push back from the generations that precede them, it's it, it might be possible. Just like how high-waisted jeans and bell-bottoms are back in now. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. History repeats itself, kind of. Yes. All right. History repeats right. itself. Oh, so the mullet. You can't forget the, the mullet's really in right you, now. The, yes, it's too in. I don't understand why it came back. You know, I think there's an element of all of that that, you know, they may rebel against social media at some point. But right now, the important piece is being connected and and being available to people. I think the generation that are graduating from college and doing some of these things, starting their life, their adulthood right now, they actually want more of that personal connection because their entire life has been built around technology and it's been so impersonal. They actually want a little bit more of that hand-holding. Somebody that can actually, you know, you you think that they're just wanting the, the quickness to be able to get an answer to them because they've been around Google and so you need to be really fast with them. But if they can actually meet with somebody and talk to somebody and have a personal connection, I think that they're going to feel, I I think that they actually will really benefit from that and they're actually yearning for that. Hmm. That's interesting. Kind of like I have friends who were born and grew up in Southern California their whole lives and all they want to do is move to the East Coast into the snow. Yeah, And I was totally the opposite. I was born in upstate New York in the snow my whole entire life and i was like i gotta get out of here right (laughs) same with me yep okay yeah you know that um all right cool so one of one of the things like going back to social media and online and me just seeing you constantly on my news feeds the other day uh i saw you kind of talking about cpi data 
um, with another probably co-worker of yours uh, in intercap lending. <laughs> yeah. Got to work on that internet speed, by the way. You. <laughs> Dude, I don't know why my, I don't know why I was so glitchy. Yeah. I, I was. <laughs> um, so can you, can you kind of enlighten our millions of listeners right now on, on what exactly CPI is? How does it, you know, feed into the inflation? Um, you know, you're such a knowledgeable guy. <laughs> Help us out here. Well, thank you. Uh, CPI or the Consumer Price Index Report is a report that comes out that basically shows and tracks the, the index of any goods, any prices of things. And so ultimately what it's doing is it's tracking inflation. The CPI report in simple terms is telling you what's happening with inflation. Um, and so recently, and we've seen this, CPI and the other important piece of things is the PPI, which is the Producer Price Index Report, which is a wholesale version of that. It's basically the, the business side of that. Both of those have come down significantly. Um, the, the CPI report peaked at about 9.5%, a little over 9%. Um, the summer of last year, and we've basically cut it in half. We're at five percent now. So, and that's year over year, right? Year over year, correct. Okay, um, great. There's so many acronyms that the world just does not know. I have no idea, <laughs> really, what you're talking about. But neither does the rest of the world. So, just uh, you were talking about this with with somebody uh, online the other day. Um, I thought it was interesting. So, please keep on spreading the knowledge because a lot of us have no idea what's going on um with that like how how does that actually affect the mortgage rates so when you think about it it's a great question mortgage rates are the biggest um the biggest enemy of long-term debt like a mortgage a mortgage is a 30-year debt the biggest enemy of that is inflation right if your money is getting less and less valuable over time it's, it really works against a long-term debt like that. So having said that, mortgage rates follow, typically tend to follow inflation. And so in that situation, as inflation comes down, that will show us that mortgage rates will most likely be trending down as well. And we've started to see that. Mortgage rates peaked about the peak of where they were the end of October of last year and they've been moving in a, in a better direction. They're, they're more volatile than they've ever been. So they're moving back and forth pretty rapidly. Like daily. Um, daily, but they're, they're moving in a good direction. And as more of these reports, as more of these things come out to show that inflation is coming down, that the prices are stabilizing, that will only continue to push mortgage rates in a, in a more reasonable direction. Um, I don't think we'll see mortgage rates in the twos or threes like we did a couple years ago. That was a product of COVID. Um, I think we'll see mortgage rates realistically. I think it's totally reasonable for mortgage rates to be in the fours and fives. Um, I think that's a sustainable level where interest rates can be. We might see interest rates in the threes again at some point, um, high, you know, 3.875 or 3.75, but um, they're, they're moving into that direction. There's a lot of indicators that point to the fact that they might get down to the low fives or five or even in the high fours probably in the next year and a half or two years. Wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, that was my next question. Like, where do you think inflation and mortgage rates are going? So 
Thanks for answering that. And, uh, <laughs> There's, I think, I do think interest rates are coming down, mortgage rates. Yeah. I do think mortgage rates are trending down. I think there's a very good likelihood of it. The one caveat or the one unknown is just that the economy is functioning differently than it's ever functioned before. I agree with that. So, right, we look at things every single day and things are, things are reacting differently. And it's because the world is a smaller place, because of technolo technological advances, because of so many different things, it's just functioning differently. So we don't know exactly how things are going to respond in today's environment right now, but it's very hard to look at any signs that point to the fact that rates are going to go higher um, than where they are right now. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, okay, let's let's um, switch up gears here a little bit. And uh, I want to talk about, um, I guess, your partnerships or, or relationships with uh, real estate agents. So we obviously deal with a lot of mostly real estate agents here. Um, and, you know, a lot of them are junior. We have uh, many who are senior real estate agents who know what to do and how to become successful. Um, using certain strategies and different strategies. I think one of them, for you especially, is having a good relationship with a real estate agent, right? And that partnership with a real estate agent and mortgage brokerage and Absolutely. whatnot. How does, what's like a gold partnership, golden sticker, um, five-star relationship look like with a real estate agent? Um, I, honestly, I think that a, a relationship is truly based on, just like any relationship, it's based on trust. You have to have each other's back. So you have to find somebody that you connect with and that you you see eye to eye on certain things. But then when the the mortgage advisor, the loan officer is doing their part, just trust and understand because they're seeing so many details of the file and so many things that you may or may not be privy to from their seat um, that you have to find somebody that you trust is doing a good job and that they're they're putting your clients in the best situation. And same and vice versa from our side, as a loan officer or a mortgage advisor, we have to be able to trust and understand that the real estate agent is doing, you know, doing their part and holding up their end of the bargain. And they're incredible at what they do. They're doing a damn good job. Sorry if I can't say that. You can say whatever you want. Nice. We're not on uh, local channel TV. Wonderful. Uh, but they, they have a hard job and they're doing a really, really good job doing what they're doing um and we have to have a mutual respect between the two pieces because it takes i mean it takes a village to be able to get a, a deal done and a deal done to where the client is actually happy at the end of the day exactly um so i, I like that it takes a village to get a deal done <laughs> um so you said you bring in all types of different real estate agents as, as partners some of those might be people who just are starting and brand new right um, how do they even begin to even tell that you're trustworthy or that you can even trust them as they're just starting out? Like, is there handholding involved? Is there training? How does that, what does that look like? That's a really, really good question. And it's hard. It's difficult for a lot of new, new real estate agents, um, and new loan officers, but a lot of new real estate agents are, they, you know, they go to these events or they, they get their license and then they're getting hit up by every, Tom, Dick, and Sally trying to figure out, you know, who and, hey, I can do this for you, I can do that for you. And it's really interesting to try to 
you know, read through the weeds, navigate through all that stuff and figure that out. Honestly, you've got to take time to meet with people and make sure that you have a, you know, that, that there's somebody that you can see eye to eye with, that Mm -hmm. you can connect with on a personal level, um, and make sure that they have the things that you need out of that partnership. Um, we absolutely offer training and we offer multiple different tools for new real estate agents who are getting into the business. There's a lot of different things that we do. We have an, we have an entire customer experience that, that gives the client a great feel from sending them cookies as soon as they get under contract to if they have kids, once their appraisal comes back, sending them the Berenstein Bears uh, moving day book. Yeah. So little things along the way, and then once they close on the transaction, they get another gift and a blanket that's customized to their home and their address and their family and things like that. So mm. there's so many of those little touches that we've created along the way that a, a new partner, a new agent could you know, take advantage of and be a part of those things as you move through the process. Um, because ultimately, whether that comes from us or from you and you're doing your own part of things, that's just creating the good experience for the client, the entire process. Yeah. And I mean, that's, those are great, great things that you guys do. I would imagine not a lot of other brokerages do those types of things. Uh, I would say there's very few. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say that there's not very many that do that kind of stuff. Um, but ultimately from a, an agent standpoint with a new real estate agent, um, It's important to try to find, you know, I would say it's important to find somebody that can offer multiple different tools. So um, no offense to some of my competition, but maybe like a big bank, like a Chase Bank or a Wells Fargo may not be the best partnership to form if you're just getting in the business Mm -hmm. because the amount of products that they offer is very, very limited. Mm -hmm. They're not able to find, um, you know, if you have a a tricky self-employed borrower that maybe needs a bank statement loan, somebody from Chase or Wells Fargo can't do something like that. Um, so there's different loan programs, there's different products. You need to find somebody who's well-versed with all of them um, that understands. It's, it's funny, I know people have always asked, and sometimes you don't know what you don't know or the questions that you ask. Right. Um, people ask, what's your specialty? Um, our specialty is residential financing. That in itself is enough of a niche, right? We're, we're not... Um, we don't focus on farms. We don't focus on agricultural. We don't focus on commercial lending. We do residential financing, but anything and everything under the sun, from the jumbo loan to the first-time home buyer using his VA benefits, um, to the down payment assistance programs for people who don't have a lot of money to put down, um, we're here to help them with any of their any of their needs through the process. So you guys have essentially been able to like master that specific niche, right? Correct. From re- residential financing? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, and I tell my clients, I tell my referral partners this, if there is a way to get financing, we will, we have an option for it. Yeah. And I'm a hundred percent confident of that. Yeah. And so, I mean, coming from a real estate agent, um, you're almost saying too for a real estate agent that they should probably find an initiative for their, of their own, whether it's luxury homes, residential commercial, whatever it is they want to do, they should probably look for that niche and look for somebody that can um, be a strategic partner within that niche. I think it's good to have a strategic partner. I think just residential real estate is in and of itself enough of a niche eventually, right? So when you're starting out, you might want to focus on something a little bit 
a little bit smaller. Um, but you don't want to get too dialed in. And I know there's a lot of there's a lot of positivity that comes about farming certain areas, and there's a lot of things that come about mm-hmm. um, focusing on just VA loans or just down payment assistance loans or things like that, right? Yeah. Um, but if you if you lean too deep into that and you brand yourself too hard in one specific area, you almost could be pushing other people away, um, other business that can come to you. It's great to be a specialist in a certain area. It's great to focus on a certain neighborhood or do some of those things. But eventually you want to be able to know, you're, you want your clientele to know that you can help them with any residential purchase that they're looking for. Yeah. And as, as a real estate agent, I mean, you are your own business, right? Correct. So as, as most businesses, you kind of want to start small, work out all the kinks, then grow a little bit, work out all the kinks and keep on growing, growing, growing. Yeah. Um, you and I, we're, we both know that <laughs> in and out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like growing a business ourselves, being a real estate agent as a business is a very hard job. Um, and that is something that I, I've kind of um, touched on in every episode of this is how hard a real estate agent. So difficult. Yeah, it's very difficult. You got to be on all the time. Um, you blur the lines between friends and business and uh, it, it's a tough job. And that's where, you know, just getting a website and thinking that it'll do it for you will, will not make you successful. Right. You got to do For all sure. the work. And you talked about, um, you know, there's a huge personal aspect and everything going to events, trying to figure out who is a good partner for you. But then also the client side, all those touch points that you have to do are all personalized as well. Yep. Um, yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's a I, I do not envy realtors in this market right now. I mean, this is a very tricky market. There's not a, there's not very much inventory at all. Um, they're, they are fighting every single day um, for the, the little bit of inventory and the little bit of, of business that's out there. But I'll tell you, the, the, the ones that make it out of this that we're in, this, this economy that we're in, are going to be hitting the ground running and just crushing it. Oh, my God. They're going to be – it's going to be next level. Yeah. If yeah. you can do this – and we've had – We've had a couple of loan officers that have just gotten into the business in the last year or two. And that's even tougher. Well, in, like, I think it's just tough in a different way. But like, right, yeah, okay. real estate agents, if you've gotten in in the last if the last year or two, it's hard right now. Grind. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Because if you can make it through this, you're going to be set. You're going to make it through anything. And if you've yeah. been in the business for a long time and you can adapt and still be successful in this in current environment... Mm-hmm you're going to crush it when it comes back because it will come back. Yeah. It's uh, obviously like, you know, the real estate industry is cyclical. And I think, you know, when you're forced to learn as much as you need to or forced to work as hard as you need to do uh, for somebody who just came in in the first last year or two, um, I think you learn so much more. Like the learning curve is not as steep as if things are all just gravy and you don't really have to do anything like in 2020 or whatever that was when <laughs> right. things were going really good. Right. When you're right. forced to really grind hard day in and day out, you learn so much in such a quick amount of time that when, when we get out of this, you're going to be in the top percentage of the whole the whole um, leaderboard of, of real estate of agents. Real estate agents, right? for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. Completely agree. All right. Well, um, Another thing that you do is, and I don't know how you have time for 
events left and right. <laughs> like your life is the busiest life. I try to hang out with you as much as possible, but you are always somewhere where I am not. I mean, is that like a strategy for you? Is that like another personal touch point for all of your business? Is that just something that you love to do? Um, I also know like philanthropy is like a big thing for you guys as well. Um, yeah, just talk on all that stuff. Love it. Love all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, I think you have to find a way to be successful in this business that feels good to you, that you enjoy doing. Um, you know, speaking to real estate agents, right? There's, I, my wife hates the phrase, there's, tw- there's 20 ways to kill a cat, right? So I'll say there's 20 ways to shuck an ear of corn, right? And maybe there's not that many, but you get the, you get the message. Okay. Um, there's a lot of ways to be successful in this business, whether that be through cold calling or farming or door knocking or, you know, sphere of influence and, and dripping them with certain information and things like that, right? There's a lot of different ways to be successful. If you want to be successful, you have to find a way that you enjoy getting out of bed every day. You have to be able to align yourself in some of those ways where you are not hating and dreading every single morning the things you have to do. Yes, there's times that we all have to do things we don't enjoy, right? It's not that we all just have rainbows and sunshine every single day. We all have to do things we don't like to do. But to me, connecting and doing events, going to events, and meeting people is something that I really like. I like people, even even you, Justin. Oh, well, that's that's got to be tough on you. <laughs> it, you know, it took a while. Yeah, but course. I got there over time. Yeah. Um, no, you. but it's I I do like to connect with people through events, and and I do think that that is a big reason why we are successful. Is if we are going out and being a part of different events, we have a gives us the ability to have our, our, our ear to the ground of what's going on, what's happening. We can hear what's going on, right? Rather than just being stuck in, a, stuck in our office or our home office or whatever the case may be, yeah. if you can get out and hear what other people are experiencing. You can learn so much from it. Just be a sponge. Get out, talk to people, and be a sponge. Um, and I think that's, that's definitely resonated for how we have decided and how we've liked to grow our business. Um, we're not looking to build relationships just based off of, you know, um, how much business can this person refer me, but how can we support each other and grow together? How can we form a true partnership? Um, and a lot of times it takes meeting that person and seeing that person and having, you know, doing the same things that they like to do and, and all that kind of stuff over time. And so we love, we love doing events. We are a part of a lot of different events and a lot of different organizations. Um, my wife, Stephanie, sits on the LGBTQ Alliance board here in San Diego. Um, we're part of Friends of Downtown. We're part of multiple different organizations that give back. Um, and we love to be able to give back with our time, with, you know, obviously financially in all of those ways, because you have to feel good about what you're doing. If there's no, if there's no reason to do all of this, if you don't feel good about the outcome of all of this, then then what are you doing it for? What are you doing? What, what are you doing? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great answer. Um, and so as, as like a business owner in, in my head, I'm, I'm a nerd, so I just go to numbers. And a, a lot of things that we talk about are budgets. Like, okay, if we should do this event, 
what's the ROI on that? But but you're saying that there are some intangibles there that you can't measure, like a relationship with a, another person that can do other things strategy wise and and build those relationships and you can't put a number behind that kind of 100 yeah. percent one of the some of the best relationships that i have in my business today came from relationships in groups or networking events or just events in general that i've been to that they individually have not necessarily referred me any direct business but they've contacted or connected me with somebody who has become one of my greatest partners to date. So there's uh, just being able to connect and not seeing everybody through dollar sign eyes, but just being a good person when you're out there. Like I said, talking, being positive, but also being a sponge and hearing what people are saying, listening to where their, their pain points are, being able to connect with them yeah. is a, a really good thing, really important thing. And I've been to some of your networking events too, and it's not really networking events, but it is, but I'm a terrible networker, all right? I, I don't go up to groups of people. I guess I'm because I'm a nerd. I'm a little bit of an introvert, but I'm doing pretty good here right now. <laughs> You're right? doing great. I'm pretty good. You're doing so, great. Um, but in group in group settings, and and this goes for. I mean, I'm just bringing this up because I want to give a little courage to some of those out there that don't go networking, like I have not done it throughout the years. Um, you don't have to sell yourself constantly. You can just go out, have fun, meet new people, get a couple drinks, and learn right you can just like you said be a sponge and then eventually you keep learning you keep learning people get to know you you get to know people and it all kind of comes back around to business in a sense but it's like personal relationships as absolutely well. absolutely and to piggyback on what you just said and i really really want to reiterate that i think there's this um there's this feeling or this general consensus that you either are an introvert or an extrovert, or you like to go to those things or you don't like to go to those things. I don't like to go to those things all the time. I didn't like to go to those things all the time. Now, I really enjoy going to them because of the, the relationships I've made and the people that I've connected with, but it's hard and it's difficult, right? Whether that be whether that be trying to post something on social media. If you don't like the way you look or you don't like the way you sound, guess what? That is the way you look and that is the way you sound. You have to be okay with it. But you can, you can work through those things, but it's, it's repetition and it's practice time and time and time again. And eventually, you just get really damn good at it, right? But it doesn't come. You are really good at it now well, you're mediocre at it yeah, now. Like, uh, yeah, mediocre. Give me a little bit too much. No, but I've, there. I've seen you at a lot of different events, and 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 we don't necessarily do just specifically networking events. We do events yeah. with a purpose, right? And there's a lot of reasons behind them. Um, but but anytime people come or any any event that you can go to, just you know, if you're not sure of what to say to somebody, lead with a compliment to somebody. Walk up to somebody and say, hey. I love that shirt, man. I just, I just had to tell you, I love that shirt. That's why right. I wear conversational tees. That's right. It's awesome. <laughs> Good. Uh, it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect thing. Yeah. But figuring out what you can do, it may feel awkward. It may feel uncomfortable at first. But just doing it, stepping out, getting out of your comfort zone a little bit will definitely be beneficial in the future. Yeah, I believe there's a lot of, um, and, and I was... Uh, 
in this area too of there's a lot of paralysis by analysis. 100%. Right? Yeah. There's like, oh, I'm planning to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, I got it all set up to do this. Okay, when are you going to actually go and do it? Because when you actually go and do it, and I know this from like business and everything, all your plans that you made up are being thrown out the window because there's so many curveballs that, that are thrown at you that the plans that you spent two years making, and I'm just I don't know, generalizing yeah, what I'm saying, no, absolutely. just don't matter anymore. So totally. just write a few bullet points down, get a few bullet points in your head and just go and do it. Um, just yeah. do it and, and it will never, it will never always be perfect. Like at some level, you just have to bite the bullet and do it. If you're trying, if you're planning something, if you're wanting to put this perfect flyer together to go door knock or, or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. Whatever the example is, sometimes you just have to put your boots on the ground and get to work. You just have to get out and do it. I think I'm going to end it on that one because that was uh, some dang good advice. I like it. That was great. All right. It was wonderful. I just want to say thank you, Danny, for being here. Uh, you can see him on, do you want millions of people visiting your Instagram? Would love all of the millions of followers all right, what's of this the... podcast to follow <laughs> my Instagram. Uh, no, yeah, reach out to me. Um, Danny underscore D underscore IG. So I know that's not necessarily super catchy as far as a mortgage name, but I've had it for years. But uh, yeah, Danny Drysdale, Danny underscore D underscore IG or Danny Drysdale or the Drysdale team on Facebook. Um, reach out. I would love to connect with you. I'd love to chat about things if you guys want to collaborate or do do different um, events or collaboration on different social media pieces or anything. Yeah, would love right. to be a part of it. Cool. Well, expect millions of followers coming up uh, any second now. I'm ready for it. All right, cool. Uh, appreciate your time, Danny. That That uh, is another week for... The Elite Zone. We'll see you next week. See you later.